Welcome to this brand new Christmas series called The Greatest Gift. I love Christmas time because there's such an expectation. And if you can remember back when you were a kid, didn't you have a huge expectation on Christmas? Weren't you just waiting for Christmas morning? Maybe not even for the for the biblical reason, but you were filled with expectation. I, I don't know. I was. I, I can so clearly remember. I was 12 years old. And I remember that Christmas was coming. I remember laying in bed at night and, and, and I, I'd, been, I'd been asking for a bike, a specific type of bike. Now, remember, this is the mid-1980s. And, and I wanted a freestyle bike that I could just be like those 80s kings on the freestyle bikes. And I, I'd been working hard and doing my chores. And my dad was a pretty tough guy. And it was always, you know, you get one nice gift and that's it. I wanted a bike more than anything else. And I could hardly sleep because of the expectation that Christmas was coming. I can still to this day remember waking up. It was still dark outside, walking down the stairs, turning down the stairs. And right there was the living room and looking into the living room and seeing that brand new white with purple mag wheels and white tires, that CW bike. I was blown away, super excited. You know, expectation is an amazing thing to have. And my heart for you in this series is that you have an expectation that God is going to do something big in your life because he's already done something big for you. Expectation is huge. It's massive. Four times in my life, my wife has come to me and you know what she said? I'm expecting. I knew exactly what that meant. And that changed everything every single time. That's a big deal because knowing what is coming and having an expectation of it puts us in a proper place when it comes to understanding God's purpose for us. The greatest gift. We're talking about the coming of the Messiah, the Savior of the world, God in human form in Jesus how cool is that? I love this season. I, I used to be kind of a Grinch. I used to be, ah, people playing Christmas music and Christmas lights and fireworks. And now I love it. I love it because it reminds me of the gift that was given to us in Jesus. I, I want to open this series with this scripture because it's so key. It was written by the prophet Isaiah long, 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 long time before Jesus was ever born, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah, under the inspiration of God's Spirit, wrote this, Isaiah 9-2. He says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. What was he talking about? Was he talking about, oh wow, electricity is going to be invented and we're going to have overhead lighting? No, he was talking about the light of the world. As Jesus, when he walked on this earth, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this whole series is about that light of Christ. So we're going all the way back 
to the very beginning where we see in Luke chapter 1, the promise of that light coming into the world. Here it is in Luke 1 verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this was Mary, everybody knows the Virgin Mary, this was her cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. This is the making of a miracle. It's not just the title of this message. It's the truth that in this story, we see how miracles are made. We see in in Isaiah chapter 9, the heart of God to, to bring light into the dark areas, that he does that through Jesus, that he does that through us who are following Jesus and living like him. But I want you to understand that every making of a miracle begins with God. That's the first point is it begins with God. Every miracle begins with God. Do you know why? Because every miracle that takes place is because there is a need. I need a miracle. What you're really saying is there's an area of lack in my life. There's an area of darkness in my life. And I want you to understand that you cannot make your miracle manifest. That is not within your power. But what it is, is the heart of God to know that he sees our needs. And sometimes he will meet those miraculously. But let me remind you that every miracle, every supernatural expectation that we have, That begins with God. Those miracles begin with him. And this is what we see in the foretelling of Jesus' birth. To a virgin named Mary, and Gabriel appears and says, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. You have to know his promises, though. It begins with God, but you've got to know his promises. Every, Every Jew knew about the Messiah. They knew Isaiah chapter 9. They knew verse 2 where it talked about the darkness and and a great light and and that there was a deep darkness, but there was a light that was going to shine. They knew that 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 scripture referenced the Messiah. They had to know his promises. Do you know what God's word says to you? Look at what Mary is told by Gabriel. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. One of my life verses is Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Do you know that? Because if you don't know the promises of God, how are you going to get to the place where you can know that that promise is going to be fulfilled by God? Because every miracle begins with him. But you have to hold on to his promises. Look look at what he says in in Luke 1, 28 and 29. Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And then here it is. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean favored woman of God? Am I a favored woman? And then in verse 30, Gabriel tells her, he says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son. He'll be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. You have to know the promises of God. Out of the blue, Mary 
was approached by an angel and said, Mary, you're favored and God's with you. And I know you're a virgin, but you're going to have a baby. She's like, whoa, I, I, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on. And then the angel tells her, don't be afraid. You've found favor with God. And you're gonna, you've got to know. You're going to conceive and give birth to a son. You're going to name him Jesus. She had to dis- make a decision. She had to make a choice. Am I going to believe the word of God and hold on to this promise that is given me or not? See, this is the making of a miracle for you and for me as well, that we have to recognize that it begins with God, but we have to know his promises to us. Do you know what God says about you? Do you know what he has in store for you? Do you know who you are in him? See, If you want to get to the place where you're walking in the miraculous supernatural power of God, you've got to be willing to get to the place where you know his promises to you and you hold on to them. See, Mary was confused and disturbed, but the angel continued to speak. And it was in that confusion, those disturbing things she's not understanding. She had a choice to make. Am I going to hold on to God's word to me or not? And my prayer for you is that you know that in the making of a miracle, You have to hold on to God's word to you. You have to know his promises. The other thing, it begins with God, but you've got to know his promises. You have to understand his timing because God's timing is perfect. And we often, unfortunately, have difficulties understanding it. But look at verse 34. After the angel tells her that, you know, you're going to have a son. You're going to name him Jesus. He's going to reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. In verse 34, Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I'm a virgin. She's like, wait a minute. How can I be pregnant? This is not how this goes. Because normally it goes another way. Like we got some things out of sequence here. This is not in the proper sequence. I I don't understand. How can this be? The timing is all wrong. I'm not even married. But we have to understand that God's timing is perfect. In verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. See, that's the other thing. If we're going to see a miracle take place, we have to know where it begins with God. So we hold on to his promises. We have to understand that his timing is not our timing. And oftentimes the miracle, the greatest miracle is the one that we're we're not really expecting. Even though we're expecting God to move, there's an expectation. It, It comes when you least expect it. We have to be okay with God's timing. From my personal experience, God shows up unexpectedly, either unexpectedly early in a way that you never anticipated, or the very thing that you expected doesn't happen until way later, but it's still his promise coming true. So we have to hold on to that word. We have to understand his timing. We have to trust what he's spoken. Do you trust the word of God in your life? I I want a miracle, but you're not trusting God and his word. Trust him. Gosh, Every miracle begins with God. But here's what I want you to know. That continues with us. 
We have a portion to play in that. We have a decision to make. So many people never see the miraculous supernatural hand of God in their life because they fail to put their whole heart in his hands and trust him completely. One of my life verses is Jeremiah 29, 11 that says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not for calamity or destruction, but to give you a future and a hope. That's been written on my heart because I do trust God. It says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts, my number one life verse, and don't lean on your own understanding. It's so easy to look at the things that God speaks to us, to look at the things in the Bible through the lens of this world. But I want you to understand that God is a supernatural God. All through the Bible from beginning to end, we see the miraculous hand of God. And in this greatest gift that he's giving the whole world, including you and me, in the Savior, the Messiah, in Jesus, we see a young girl have a supernatural interaction with an angel who tells her, um, you're going to have a kid. She said, how can that be? This is out of time. I'm not married. I'm a virgin. How can that happen? He says, don't worry. God's hand is on you. And she has to be willing to trust. She has to expect that what God has spoken is going to pass. How does that happen? Well, we should be willing and ready to expect God to show up. That's how it continues with us. Do we expect God to show up in our lives? If you had an angelic visitation, would you completely freak out and be like, oh my gosh, that can never happen. You know, I've not had an angelic visitation, but I know that God's clearly spoken to me through his word. There have been times where God's spoken to me, even in dreams, and I knew it was the Lord. I expect God, who is the God of creation, who is a supernatural God, just as he's spoken to men and women all throughout the Bible, he speaks to us today. His, his word is alive. This is Hebrews chapter 4, that his word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to separate flesh and spirit. Do you expect God to show up in your life? Or do you just expect that you're going to have to do everything yourself? Look, I know I have to do my part. But I know this, as I do my part in submitting and surrendering to the Lord, he does what only he can do. So many times the miraculous hand of God has shown up unexpectedly, but it's always because, first of all, he's faithful to his word and I've held on to it. And secondly, as I've trusted him, I'm expecting God to do something supernatural. And he does. He does. Maybe he's going to do it through my great, great, great grandkids but I know that he's going to do it in me as well at some point because I'm somebody's great, 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 great grandkid and maybe they were praying for me as well as I am praying for my great, 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 great grandkids. You have to expect God to show up. You have to expect God to use people because God uses people. He used Mary to birth his son into the world. He wants to use you to bring his salvation to other people. He wants you to be willing to allow other people to speak to you. Next week, we get to talk about Joseph. Now, I've often wondered what that conversation between Mary and Joseph was really like, because she has to tell other people, and Joseph has to be willing to receive. 
Am I willing to receive what, what God is doing through other people? Do I expect God to use people and use me to see his kingdom come and his will done on earth? He will. I have to be willing to expect the unexpected. You know, a year ago, if somebody would have walked up to me and said, there's going to be a new campus of Church of the King, and it's going to be over 200 people on the weekends, and they're going to have over 50 people baptized a year ago at this time, and be like, <laughs> all right, man, whatever. Maybe it's going to have to be a supernatural move of God, though. And it was, and it is. How does that happen? I have to be willing to embrace and expect the unexpected, because the greatest gift is in Jesus, but Jesus isn't in that grave. He rose again, and he's alive in you and me as we trust and follow him. Those who surrendered their life to him, we have to know that every miracle begins with God, but it continues on through us. And the last thing, we have to know that every miracle ends in transformation. It ends in transformation. In Luke chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, we see the shepherds who are being told about the birth of Jesus. Remember, Mary was told about the pregnancy. She didn't even realize she was pregnant. And yet God, through Gabriel, declared his purposes. And now, after Jesus is born in Bethlehem, the angels declare what's been done to the shepherds. And it says, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. You see, the transformation that was taking place in Mary ended up in transformation in the shepherds, who then went out and declared God's goodness because the transformation of God may start in us with a miracle, but it ends in radically impacting the world around us. You're watching this video today and I'm declaring this out of the Bible all because God chose Mary to be the vehicle by which his son would come into this earth and die on a cross for your sin and for my sin. And because of her willingness to be used by God in a miracle, we're impacted today. Because every miracle begins with God. It continues through us, but it ends in transformation. In John chapter 1, it says, The Word gave life to everything that was created. His life brought life to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We have to know that God's heart and purpose and plan and you coming to know Jesus is so that the areas of darkness in your own heart and life, the areas of sin, they're vanquished because of the light of Jesus and his forgiveness. And then everywhere you go, the light of Jesus shines through you. I love John 1, 29, where Jesus is walking down to the Jordan River to be baptized by his, co his cousin, Elizabeth. Remember, we read about Elizabeth. Elizabeth's son, John the Baptist. And John looks up and he sees Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, the greatest gift that anybody can ever be given 
is the freedom from the curse of sin. It yields death. But Jesus came so that you could have life and have it to the full. That's the greatest gift. That miracle began with God because his heart was for you. He wants that miracle to continue in you as you surrender your life to Christ and let him transform you and then use you to bring transformation to this world. This is the greatest gift. My prayer for you, that you can walk in the freedom and the joy and the love of God's spirit because you've surrendered your life to Christ. You said, this is the darkness of my heart and sin. And Jesus, I open my life to you. I receive your forgiveness. May your light shine in the darkness of my heart and may you shine through me into a world that's searching for purpose and fulfillment. It comes through him. And maybe that's you. And maybe there's some areas of darkness and sin in your own life. And right now, you can sense God speaking to you. You can feel that tug on your heart to open up those dark areas and let the light of Christ shine in. Receive his forgiveness. Surrender your heart and life to him. And if that's you, just pray with me. Say, Jesus, I open my heart to you. Every dark corner, every area of sin, I surrender to you. May your light shine in the darkness of my heart. Forgive me for my sin. Cleanse me. I believe you died on that cross to break the curse of sin. You took the punishment for me. But Jesus, you rose again so that I could walk in your life. So Jesus, I choose you. I'm following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, just know this. God heard you. And we're here for you. Click on, the, click on in the chat box and the link underneath. Let us know what God's doing so we can connect you to relationships and resources that can help you grow. Love you guys. Look forward to next week. This week was the making of a miracle. Next week is a miracle in the making. It's a great message. I look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. Bye-bye.